there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Celtic restored their nine-point lead last night, but the manager wasn't entirely happy with only two goals in the 2-1 win over Livingston. He wants them to be more clinical. If you were there, what do you think? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Michael Beale will be opening up tonight about his players and what's been happening in his first few weeks as he addressed the press today ahead of the game. Yep, tomorrow night, Rangers back up north, Ross County against Rangers, and Motherwell will be back in action against Kilmarnock, both of them needing wins. And that's ahead of Saturday, Celtic against St. Johnson, 12.30, and then at three, St. Mirren, Aberdeen, Dundee United Hearts, and Hibs against Livingston. And with us on the programme tonight, two people at the heart of all the action, Andy Walker, and Andy, we heard you and saw you the other night at Petordry. We'll talk about that a bit, mm. but also we want to hear about last night. And Stephen McGinn, the Falkirk captain, who was at the game last night. Andy, what do you think? Back to nine points, because the other night at your game, it looked as though we could be 12 points between them at this moment. Yeah, just extraordinary drama at uh, at uh, Petordry. And I think what the league is telling you is that Celtic and Rangers are just so far ahead of all the rest of them. I think it might be 14, 15 points, even at this stage of the season. And and then, of course, you've got the nine-point gap that Ange Postecoglou uh, seems to want a bit more. I, I think his team are being wasteful. Uh, Stephen was at the game last night. He'll know a bit more than me. But, um, yeah, I think they have been wasteful. I think it's a, I think it's a fair uh, criticism of them and no doubt he'll make changes at the weekend. Stephen, what's he looking? Clearly, it's goals he's looking for. What did you see last night that was lacking? Uh, it, it stinks of it to be honest it's uh, it's the first thing you think when you're watching the game it's just the amount of balls that flash across the yeah. box the, the dominance they have the creativity they have behind behind them I just think when I think of this Celtic team and, and hopefully Celtic fans will have Ange for the next 8 years I mean they love him that much but at some point in an Ange team there's going to be a Celtic striker scores 40-50 goals in a season I just think there's no doubt in Kyogo's quality Jack Amakis the goal scorer when he gets the opportunity but I just think that the numbers and, and the chances that Celtic uh, create there's, there's a, the gap there's an opening for someone to go and really put put a stamp on it and go and get 30, 40, 50 goals in a season I see Giacomakis has gone on social media a cryptic comment um, it's a picture of him waiting to come on last night he didn't come on until really late in the game I'll ask you about that in a second both of you but there's also the, the sands of time running out is he talking about it's late in the game and I'm not on yet or is he, is he talking about the transfer window what do you think? Well I felt I mean usually a sub happens it's usually a, if Kyogo starts plays for 60 and Giacomakis comes on and it, and it got it, the way the night was going you, do, you did sense that there was opportunities there and, and you can obviously you don't want anyone coming out and, and complaining publicly or anything and we don't know if he was but you could sense maybe being a striker sitting aside thinking get me on that pitch get mm. me in that box and get me on the end of one of the opportunities and it got to 70 minutes and, and he ends up getting on maybe for the last 10-12 minutes and 
I, I sympathise with them because it must not be easy watching the, the midfielders and wingers create that many yeah. opportunities and think I could I could be on a hat trick here. I've got to say, Stephen, I would have no qualms about playing Jackamacus against Rangers, uh, and I know there's a wee bit of uncertainty at the moment about his future and where it might lie, possibly away from Celtic, but. When you look at the way Celtic played in February and Yakimakis played from the start and they were 3-0 up at half-time and he was so unlucky not to score and then in the 4-0 game earlier this season he came on after a couple of minutes for Kyogo and again he battered, physically battered that Rangers mm. defence and I think all the other Celtic players got the benefit of him in that physical contest that he had with all the Rangers defenders and uh, you know Celtic were, were streets ahead that day as well so... Looking ahead, I would have absolutely no qualms about putting Yakimakis in from the start against Rangers. Were you surprised? I think you were, Stephen, that Yakimakis didn't come on earlier. But when he came on, there wasn't as much supply, was there? Because they had bombarded Livy earlier on. But the 2-1 up, there's, what, 10 minutes to go. You're naturally a bit more cautious. Yeah, well, Celtic, for 75 minutes, as I said, Celtic bombarded Livingston's uh, penalty box. Balls flashing across, crosses coming in. And when Jackie came on, it kind of coincided with the time where Celtic decided to, right, okay, maybe tonight's not the night for the three and four. Maybe tonight's just about getting the three points. Cold night, bad conditions against a tricky team that let's not give them opportunity to put the balls in our box. And um, so, as as I said, Jackie Marcus's last five starts for Celtic he scored five goals. So I, I do I, I do sympathise with him. And as Andy said, I, I totally agree. Celtic's. Uh, Best two performances against Rangers in the last uh, couple of seasons have been the 3-0 and the 4-0. And Jackie Mack has started one and came on after two minutes and the other. So I think if you ask the Rangers defence who would like to play against more out the two, I think they go Kyogo. Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu at full time. 2-1 Celtic. Wasn't our best. Um, yeah, I thought the first half we, we kind of controlled the game really well. I was just disappointed that you know, we had some great opportunities, some balls in the box and we just didn't have enough people in there or numbers in there and... You know, we just didn't work hard enough to, to capitalise on, on those areas and then 2-0 to concede a goal like we did. Um, you know, we've been pretty good for a long time and not conceding soft goals. That was a, a really soft one today and yeah, that was disappointing. Yeah, the first one, an Obelai on goal, then Kyogo just on half-time, 2-0. But seconds later, later Nicky Devlin at the other end of the pitch, so uh, 2-1. There was a moment where Abada was involved, he thought he'd scored. Let's hear what the manager says about the Israeli striker. Yeah, he's good, you know. Uh, he's such a positive player and, you know, he's consistently causing, you know, problems for the opposition. Again, there was a couple of times I thought he could got in on the end of things and, and it's just about re-emphasising to us the principles of our play, particularly in that front third. How was he last night, the, the wide man, Abada? He strikes a few as well. I know there's controversy. Was he offside? Well, I thought at the time when, when the ball was played, I thought offside right away. Uh, I saw the replay on the big screen and I thought offside again because... I thought that Abada was offside. Did you see a replay on the big screen? Yeah, they showed it, yeah. 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 World Cup rules. Yeah. So, um, and I thought, because he's offside, he influences a Livingston defender into mistake. But then when um, the referee goes to the monitor, I thought, he's going to give this goal here. Because something must, they must be seeing something on the screen to make him go over to, because it took ages, it really did take ages. Yeah. So, so you start to think he might give the goal here and actually when I watch the goal back again a couple of times I'm actually not sure the Livingston defender sees him mm-hmm. um, so well I, I think that that was the you know the debate yeah, yeah I, know, knew that, that had to be some, I knew there had to be something I knew there had to be something they had to look yeah. at it uh, for so long but 
We had a similar incident up at Pataudry and, uh, you know, we're looking at pictures and we think, just give the decision now and it goes on for another 30, 45 seconds and um, I think there is a tendency now just to go with the referee's decision on the pitch and if you want to pick up something from the World Cup, I thought a lot, uh, not everything, but I thought a lot of the refereeing in the World Cup was good because they deferred to the guy in the middle of the park and uh, most of them were, I thought, were very good. Andy Walker in his messy shirt tonight no no it's Christmas Jim <laughs> jersey today here's Reagan on the line hi Reagan were you at the game last night? Uh, Paul no I didn't go to the game but I watched it on TV Paul um, I just want to uh, talk about the Jagamakis yeah um, thank you guys for talking about, uh, about uh, two minutes ago I just want to say I, I just don't understand that like, to me that just seems like Jagamakis has been totally um thrown under the bus by Postacoglu because of possibly changing agent and stuff like that because we heard that last week through the press, Paul, but mm. I'm I'm not entirely sure because if you look at that game last night, like, well, I know David Martindale side played well, but that was a game that was made for Jack and Marcus when the score was 2-1 after like 60-65 minutes and after 60-65 minutes, that's when Andrew usually brings people on. And the, and the player they brought on during that time was David uh, David Tumble. So I'm, I'm just a little bit surprised that he brought on David Tumble and then he brought on Jack and Marcus where I think it was 10 minutes to go. So I just find that a little bit strange. And like uh, Stephen said a minute ago, he's got five goals in his last five starts for Celtic. And let's not forget as well, Paul, Celtic were drawing, I think it was a, a draw at McDermott Park and then Jack and Marcus mm-hmm. scores with the last kick of the ball. Um and I'd, I mean, I said earlier, Paul, I think that um, if, you're, if you're Rangers on January 2nd, I think you'd rather play... Uh, Rangers would rather you play Kyogo because the only two times that um, Celtic have played Rangers and played well is when, is when Jack and Marcus was playing uh, because um, I just find it strange for I really do. Let's put it to a great former Celtic striker, Andy. Were you surprised if, if you bring the striker on, you're 2-1 up in a game that you'd expect to win by three or four, and that's no disrespect to the opposition, would you be surprised? Would you be a bit frustrated if you get 10, 11 minutes? Yeah, for sure. And I don't know what's going on in the background. I don't know whether he's unhappy. I don't know whether he's got yeah. a family issue. I don't know whether he's on his way out or, or whatever. Uh, but Yakimakis has been a substitute for a long time, and I have always admired his attitude um, when he comes on he makes a a big difference none more so than that Rangers game when he, he was overlooked for Kyogo he, he came on after a couple of minutes and I just thought his overall play was uh, really terrific and he, he rarely lets uh, any of his teammates down I know he's missed a couple of penalties I think Celtic have had one this season at Livingston he missed it but um, as you say that uh, Reagan, that contribution up at St Johnston when he got that uh, last second winner, that was yeah. that was uh, extraordinary. So all being well, if he's focused, if his attitude is good, uh, I said it earlier, Reagan. I, I don't know about you, but I would have no qualms starting him against Rangers when that that game comes at the turn of the year. And Andy, you on the game on Saturday as well? It's the early kickoff, isn't it? Celtics and Johnson. Uh, yeah. Not doing that no, one. We're doing, doing that one. Ross County tomorrow. Ross County Rangers. I know. Is yeah. live game. Sure. I thought maybe you'd been greedy and do and both of them. It's an earlier kickoff at Celtic. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, you were there last night, but it's not just about Giacomacus, is it, or Kyogo? And Kyogo, if I was defending him, 12 goals so far this sure. season. And it's not 
deemed to be his well, best so far. I know you're not having a go at him. I know. I'm, it's, it's not really. It's. I mean, Kyogo's been an amazing signer for Celtic, and, and he's quite yeah. often very good. But it's just, he just feels as if that there's a something missing mm-hmm. in terms of being the the thirty forty goal striker because. It's not he can't complain about lack of, of chances. I mean this this team really creates chances. Regan, do you agree with Stephen who said that under the way Ange Postacoglu is playing, somebody should be scoring thirty to forty goals for Celtic? Paul, I think Stephen's bang on. I mean I think if you're looking at that uh the Celtic game last night, Celtic in the first half could have had five or six and no one would have been uh, moaning about it. I mean, even the game on Saturday against Aberdeen, Aberdeen are supposed to be the third best team in the country and Celtic should have scored at least four or five. Um, but, like Stephen said, I, do, I don't know if they'll go out in January and buy some. But I think if Jack and Marcus is a little bit uh, not sure about the future, then I think Celtic will have a big plan to go out and get someone. Yeah, maybe maybe they've not settled. I, I, I don't know, but it can happen sometimes. But the fans love them. They love both the strikers. Stephen, anyway, how was Jota last night? We've talked about Abada. Um, I don't hear so much. I saw some of it. How was Jota? Yeah, we started the game uh, really well. Um, I wasn't when you are when you sometimes when you hear Angie's press conference, you're trying to think, I wonder who he's <laughs> having a go at. Is it? I mean, the obvious ones is Kyogo with the balls flashing across. But I just thought we he, he subbed Jota quite early in terms of being a bit of a talisman. Um, I know Ange loves his wingers hitting the back post, and a few of the times Jota had hung out. So. I don't know if maybe Andrew'd get a wee bit. I mean, that we are guessing. You're just trying to guess, but just with the early substitutions of someone like Jota, I thought um, maybe he's getting a bit frustrated with him not. And he's saying they've done it for in the past. They've got into those areas in the past, but maybe just need reminding that that's where in our system where we are playing. That's where you're required to be. Yeah, you're just looking for a bit more, I think, from Jota, Paul. Uh, everyone knows he's capable of it. He's got a better end product than he's given at the moment. I saw him closely at Petodre at the weekend where, you know, a couple of attempts at goal that weren't uh, his yep. best. And uh, you can hear the frustration in Ange Postacoglu's voice when he talks about, you know, the team not being at their best, a lot of balls into the box, no one on the end of them. And that is a big feature of their play because when the ball comes down, whether it's down the right or left, that uh, wide player has to get in. If it's coming down the, the right with a badder, Jota has to get in and try and be on the end of things. And similarly, on the other side, when Jota's putting in Abada, and to be fair to him, Abada's, I think his timing of the run to come into the box to go on the end of things shows in the goals that he gets. So um, there's definitely a bit of frustration there. And I think you'll see the team with a few changes at the weekend, Regan. Yeah. I'm just hoping that Jackie Marcus actually plays at the weekend. Because I don't want them to come on with like four or five minutes to go, Andy, again. Because then it just builds up the speculation. A question I've got for you guys is, do you think he'll bring back in uh, Tony Nelson for the Rangers game or do you think he'll go with Juranovic? Well, I'll let you hear what he said about the injury to Tony Rolson last night. Uh, hopefully it's not too bad. It kind of felt a back spasm. He was in the wars a little bit, to be fair. He got a knock on the ankle, got a bang on the nose and then uh, his back sort of seized up. So... Um, we took him off, but uh, hopefully it's not too bad. Nothing to see here, Reagan. He will be fit. That's a good question. Will Juranovic be back? Will he be back on time? Two, two of the best passes I've seen in the last couple of games have both come from Ralston up at Petaudry, the one where he played it inside the fullback, a packed defence, yep. and he played it inside the fullback for a badder, and uh, it ended up, I think, uh, falling to uh, Kyogo, and he was wasteful. He should have scored. And then the one last night, 
where he, he sent was great. a bad end, very similar, but maybe a bit longer. The pass uh, was terrific. So Ralston playing ahead of Juranovic, um, I think if you're you're choosing your strongest team, Juranovic uh, is there. But again, uh, Ralston for me is someone who has raised his game under the the coaching and management of Ange Postecoglou and his team. So. Again, no qualms if he starts uh, the game against Rangers. And Stephen, he's getting a run now, at last this season. Yeah, uh, love love what he's done for the last 18 months. Love how he's turned around his Celtic career and how reliable he's been. And as Andy says, in the system, he's flourishing, um, playing passes that um, midfielders would play, good attacking midfielders would play. But it's just, when everyone talks about management and management problems, it's just amazing that in 10 days time for that Rangers game whenever it comes up Celtic could have three available right backs and they finished the game last night with Greg Taylor at right back it's yeah, just it's uh, switch. who would you play? If it, well, it's Juranovic and he's right it's Juranovic we've not seen enough of Alistair Johnson and Anthony Ralston's never let anyone down but um, if you're going with your best team it's got to be Juranovic and a question for you Regan before we go to the break as a Celtic fan were you are there any concerns that the way Michael Beale two games two wins fighting back late 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 show against Aberdeen is there any part of you saying hmm need to watch this no Paul <laughs> um, I think he's a, I think he's a very good coach Michael Beale but I did like what you were saying last night about the, the fact that Conor Golson said that if if if, um, yeah. if this game was six, was six weeks ago Rangers wouldn't have won and um, I, I think what Michael Beale's done is he's brought the Rangers players co- the co- the confidence is totally back. I would say they've got a bit more uh, tactical awareness because the players obviously enjoyed it under Steven Gerrard. But I think it's all it's got to be making a, a, a very, very good game in the 2nd of January, Paul. It certainly has. And in, in the studio, Andy, I know you'll be there on Sky here on the Go Radio Football Show. We'll have you on, on that very screen over there. And I'll be with John Hartson and Barry Ferguson on that day Marvelous. so I know you'll be tuned in and something. you'll be on with Ian Crocker <laughs> terrific Stephen loads of calls listen Reagan. thanks so much some very good points there thank you Paul thank you have a great Christmas happy Christmas thank Reagan. Reagan. all the best Regan to you guys video on. thank you the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com your local friendly experts for new and used cars let's go Go Radio Football Show. It's Thursday already. It's been non-stop football since, well, last Thursday night, wasn't it? That's when it kicked off. Andy, you've been at the heart of all of it. Uh, Rangers seen against a, Hibs. Yep. Seen a few goals. Yep. A couple of three-twos and uh, no doubt we'll get a few tomorrow up in, up in Dingwall. You reckon? Yep. Rangers in action tomorrow night. It's, it's a quick turnaround for Rangers, isn't it? So they came back down after the game. Yep. yep. Um, in fact, we'll hear from Michael Beale about how Rangers are preparing for this game and then it's back up the road to Dingwall what about, when do you go then on match day when you're going uh, up to I'll probably the north? set off tomorrow uh, it's my wife's birthday tomorrow ah. so I'm trying to hang on for uh, a little bit longer in Glasgow Happy and then I'll drive Carol. up yep. Yep, I'll drive up uh, midday early afternoon for the for kickoff, and then maybe stay over we'll see you old romantic Andy heads up the road <laughs> then the party starts <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> and for you Stephen this weekend um Big game. You're up against Queen of the South, of course. Willie Gibson. Uh, he left yesterday. Uh, a game you'd ex- your fans would be hoping to keep you in that title chase to to get a win. Yeah, um, we've left ourselves a lot of work to do. So 
like like them all, you have to you have to win. But especially there's not often in in these leagues where you play at different times from from your competitors. So a chance we play before Dunfermline playing Saturday. So we chance to to put a bit of pressure on for their game going into Saturday. Is there a bit of needle with you and Andy Walker, given that he used to play for the Alawa for uh, the, the Wasps? Wasps. <laughs> yes, as we always said. The no, Wasps. there's no needle, is there? Not yet. No, yeah, we still play yeah. them uh, four times also. Plenty of time ahead for it. You want to speak to the Falkirk captain? He's here, Stephen McGinn, every week here on the Go Radio Football Show, 0808 17 17 700. And Andy Walker, the Celtic legend, Scotland, Sheffield United, oh, I've started this one, Hebs, <laughs> Air United, Partick Thistle, uh, Downside Bolton Wanderers, and there's more. Have I got uh, most of them? There's more. Yeah, where, uh, yeah I'd, I'd spell it Wraith Rovers. I don't remember that a loan yeah, at Newcastle for a month with Aussie Ardilas oh, yeah. oh, I, mean, I heard him on the radio pass, of course pass, pass. Oh, how happy would he be with uh, Argentina well, I was going to ask you both about it so winner, yeah. how much did you enjoy it was it the greatest game? I absolutely loved it and I just thought it was great for football that Messi came good and he was magnificent throughout the whole tournament it was astonishing to see them lose to Saudi Arabia the first mm. game but from there on in they just get better and better and uh, just that you couldn't have asked for any better drama worthy winner worthy winners, winners. Yeah. fantastic are they still partying I think they are I Buenos think they're still partying yeah. and those scenes in Buenos Aires my goodness <laughs> extraordinary <laughs> health and safety officer would be having yeah. a heart attack Stephen for you what did you think on Sunday yeah well I mean after about 70 minutes you're thinking that yeah. it's been so yeah. one-sided France haven't turned up yeah. Argentina, to be fair, then worked their socks off, scored a couple of... Re- the second goal was amazing. I mean, what a goal it was. Um, and I just thought France were dead and buried. And then if Otamendi kicks that ball up and he rolls head, yeah. it probably just peters out to a, to a yeah. 2-0 win. But after that, it was just... I mean, for that spell from from the first goal back to the end of penalties was just outrageous viewing. The guy, Muani, he yeah. will go through that miss that he had with the last kick of the ball yeah, Martinez saves course. it it's either a, a bad miss or a terrific save but he'll be reliving that every day for the rest of his life yeah. that could have been a World Cup winning goal exactly and a double header you know back to back World Cup Gordon. vive la France but it wasn't to be totally fruit as uh, total professionals both of you how about the Mbappe Kylian Mbappe back at training yesterday morning in Paris mm. Stephen you're still playing but, I mean isn't that amazing eh I'm not sure he's back to training if he'd won the World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> he's probably thinking, "What am I doing? Still sitting in this house? Yeah, uh, sure. I've got Walking. a game against Strasbourg to add to my goal tally this season. So let's just get back to training and get on with it." I like to clip of Messi and Mbappe after the game, just uh, you know, a bit of hug, a bit of respect. Their teammates, of course, and uh, back playing for Paris Saint Germain. So um, just a, a a great World Cup. It really was. Celtic fans are coming on the socials at Go Football Show talking about Celtic. What changes do you expect then for the game this weekend? I heard you, Andy, saying you expect some changes. We'll find out what Andy thinks. And what do you think? And what does Stephen think? So Celtic winning 2-1 last night. So nine points still in it at the top of the table. And Rangers the night before, well, it was some game to watch. It looked as though Aberdeen had done it until the 95th minute. Scott Arfield, super sub. And he does it twice in two or three minutes. Phenomenal. So ahead of the game tomorrow night with a quick turnaround, the manager has been speaking not so much about the game the other night, but about what he thinks missing. What does he want? What's his wish list, Michael Beale? I think just the rhythm. You know, it's clear that we haven't had centre-backs. We haven't had a stable back four. Um, we've managed to win two very, very important games without it, which shows a different side in terms of their mentality and 
possibly a strength of the squad that's probably being overlooked because the performance has not been perfect, but the results have been. I think if there have been two two nils, you'd have only still got six points. So the reality is we've played two games against two of the tougher opponents and we've come out with the with the results which is the most important thing right now. I think looking ahead, if you're looking for a soundbite there, mate, in terms of what I'm looking for in January, what I want is everybody to be fit. And if that's not going to be until the start of Feb, I think that'll be the moment that I can assess the squad, whose contract should be renewed, who should stay, and what areas I think we need to improve in. There's one or two, but I would, re- I would prefer to keep that in-house at the moment. Andy, what would you say about what he's saying there? And having done the game the other night, what are you thinking? Two games, two wins, but quite a story behind them. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the character that he's spoken about, you know, that never-say-die attitude that you tend to get with the bigger clubs, I think that's been evident. But you can't continually give away goals like that and, and expect to win uh, all your games. And I think it was essential to get Goldson back. I'm still really surprised that Ben Davis doesn't get a nod from the start. We'd heard a whisper that he was actually in the starting 11 um, up at Pataudry, but he came on uh, late in the game. And I think for Rangers to improve, they need a dominant centre-half. When they had Sands and Lundstrom against Hibs, they, they were losing pretty much everything in the air. So they need a dominant figure. Goldson's one you would expect, given his fee, that uh, Davis would be another. And I think, I, I, I'm assuming that they'll both play tomorrow night up in Dingwall because they need to get that partnership right for uh, the game coming up against Celtic that's the experienced partnership that that will possibly serve Rangers well When the team came out last night at what quarter to seven when we revealed it here and go Barry Ferguson was surprised that it wasn't Ben Davies in there and yet again for James Sands he's exposed it's, it's not a natural position for him Yeah he had a tough night uh, on Tuesday Um it's hard, to, it's hard to really put your finger on um, Michael Beale's start. I mean, he, he knew coming into a job domestically he's going to have to hardly put a foot wrong if, if he's got any desire in winning the league. And with the two results, they've just about kept it alive. Um, two huge results in terms of the, the performance they gave. I thought the first half against Hibs was a mess. I think uh, I think he tried to go straight back to the way they played under Stephen Gerrard and Michael Beale right away. And I think it was a run before you can walk can I, and, and, and to be fair to him I thought he, he fixed it at half time I thought they totally dominated the second half against Hibs and I thought they started the game the other night really well um, Ryan Kent was really good for about 35-40 minutes uh, I thought Michael Beals really got him going again and then after the Aberdeen goal they start the second half and well for pretty much the majority of the second half Aberdeen looked like a team going to win and I, I suppose uh, if you can take any apart from the six points but if you can take anything I think there's two Scott I feel goals might just galvanise them and uh, get that wee bit of fragility confidence back that they've been missing there's there's another one who's a substitute great attitude Scott Arfield comes on time and time again and uh, always threatens to make the difference and uh, they are the type of players that managers must love you turn to your bench and you know you can trust someone uh, to come on and, and make a contribution Arfield does that time and Time and time again. Is there a better super sub at Rangers at the moment than him? And he'd hate to be called that. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You yeah, hate sure. to be known as the super sub, the impact sub, as they call them now. But um, oh, is that what it is? Impact sub. The yeah. impact sub. Eh? Uh, so I think I think he'll probably start up in Dingwall mm. because he, he deserves a, a chance to show that he can do it 
uh, right from the, the first whistle. Here's the manager speaking about maybe changes tomorrow. Yeah, there'll be five changes tomorrow. It's important we don't take a risk. We, we have Leon who was sick for a few days. and So he's back available. Obviously, James has been playing, but Ben's now ready to play. And we'll, we'll, we'll assess. I think we played the game yesterday. It was just about recovering from the trip travel. Today, we've, had, we've done barely enough just to, to, just to get him breathing and come back in. And we've got quite a long time till tomorrow night's game. We're aware that uh, it's the second away game in three days. It's there to challenge us, but we're looking forward to it. So I think, uh, I think the feel-good feeling of scoring so late in the game and winning the game the other night, you know, the adrenaline will get us through the next, the next game. But we're, we're certainly looking forward to it. So look for five changes. Andy, that, the high that you must be on, the change in three or four minutes for Rangers was massive, wasn't it? Because the league would absolutely have been over if Rangers had lost at Petaudry, do you feel? Yeah, I think so. I think it's still going to be a tall order to overturn a nine-point gap. It's hard to see Celtic shipping that uh, that many points. I think we'll know a lot uh, on January the 2nd. And I think one of the aims that Michael Beale has got to have is to, to get a win over Celtic. Um Obviously, he wants to win uh, a trophy this season, but uh, listening to all the uh, Rangers supporters that phone in here, uh, the, the product they were watching under Giovanni Man Bronckhurst was probably what got him in the end. It was dull. It was it was slow. There was no tempo, and uh, he needs to change the the style of play, especially up against the Celtic, who are all about tempo, never yeah. stop. You know, yeah. the intensity of the play. OK, the manager not happy with only two goals last night. Um, and the same at the weekend, the number of chances created that Celtic uh, went around was at 33 attempts, 10 of them on goal yeah. at the weekend. Anyway, let's talk Rangers again just now. Um, Michael Beale speaking about the defence. He hasn't been back, you know, has recognised the partnership you'd imagine would be Goldson and Davies. He's talking about the defensive options. Yeah, I think clarity. I think clarity gives you a peace of mind and then the peace of mind enables you to perform. And I think in the last couple of games, it's been more sloppy turnovers that have hurt us. We have let in four goals, two of those being set plays. And I thought Leighton Clarkson's goal was a particularly good one. So there's a couple of areas we just need to eradicate. We've had a lot of the ball in the last two games and um, we've scored six goals, so there's a positive on that side. And a bit more about the players in general? Yeah, I don't want to use anything as excuses, but obviously in the last week, Tav's been off twice. He did travel on his own. He was a big, big doubt for the game and probably in his performance, you saw parts of that. Um, he seems fine now. Obviously, Connor's first game. With Ben, Ben's coming back, but he's had some issues coming back. So that's why, you know, Connor's been clean in his, his rehab. That's why he was able to play. Glenn Kamara probably should have had an operation in the last couple of months, but has played through it. So there's lots of little things. Alfredo, what you won't know is he had to come in from training the day before the game as well and played probably when he shouldn't have done. But that's, I want to take all the excuses aside. They're paid really well, these boys, and they play for a really big football club and they're living their dream. So if they're fit, they go out there and play. If we, didn't, if we let everyone that had a niggle or a little bit of a sore throat or a runny nose not play, we'd struggle to put out an 11 at the moment. So that's the situation we're in. That's why I, I would never question the mentality of the group, especially in the, getting the two results, because some people have played when maybe if everyone's available, they wouldn't have. Stephen, do you ever play fully fit? You know, as a pro, you know, and I, I mean with a, an injury or a running nose everyone at the moment seems to have the cold and all the rest of it what about you are you ever 100% N not really no I, I think Andy would tell you it's very rarely you wake up on a Saturday morning and think I feel I feel amazing here really? like this, yeah, yeah. Spe uh, 
especially when you're kind of and Rangers will be as well 25-30 games in kind of niggles and not been 100% as, as kind of the normal you've had five uh, weeks off in the World Cup most of you <laughs> yeah. I just some of the names he mentioned I don't that's not a new story to me see some uh, James Tavernier Conor Goldson Alfredo Morelos one thing as a fellow professional I respect them massively for distance because I know that they've churned out games for, for years I know that they'll have played through injuries everything that's not that's not any surprise to me um, I know in March barring any uh, bad injuries again to like Connor picked up I know they'll be declare themselves fit to play so that's not a major story to me yeah the, what you don't want to do is play with an injury and you're actually not yourself there's no point saying yeah, yeah I'll play but uh, there are times where you need rest in order to get your sharpness back and Rangers will be on a high. Michael Beale mentioned it there, the fact that they got two late goals. Everyone's on a, a high after that the dramatic one. And you think about the changes. Obviously, Arfield, I think, would would get a run out. Who else? Maybe Matondo, Scott Wright. He's talking about Leon King there. Mm. Might give him a chance. But I, I remember doing the Ross County Rangers game last season. Ross County scored three. It finished a, a three-all draw. So, um, you know, you can't take anything for granted. The record that uh, Rangers have on their travels is, is um, you know, they lost to St yeah. Johnston. They, they struggled at St Mirren. I don't think you can take any game for granted in Ross County are desperate for points. Yeah, the record's not what it was yeah. away from home. We're going to hear more from Michael Beale speaking in some length about Morellas, and that's been one of the hot topics there. He's hinted there that he wasn't himself. Um, but we're going to hear him speak about that. And also, what about injury-wise? Roof and Cholak, here is uh, his latest. He's had a slight calf problem and he's not ready. We thought he would be, but he's not ready. We'll be ready for the 28th. And hopefully, if everything goes to plan, so will Kamar Roof. So Cholak ready for the 28th. And Kamar Roof, hopefully, into the new year, Stephen. It's been a long time since we've seen Kamar Roof. Yeah, I mean, sometimes he, he, he's been missing that often. You sometimes forget... Uh, what, a, what an option he brings for Rangers, especially in the, the kind of preferred system Michael Beale wants to play. He spoke about getting two strikers into the team, came a roof, a fit and ready to go, came a roof, gives him that option. Uh, Cholak, not really sure what the issue is, but um, it, it, it's kind of, it's now starting to build up to the to the second where you're thinking, right, what bodies are going to be back and what, what ones can we get minutes into before this Celtic game looming? Both of you, I'm going to ask you after the break, what's your best comeback late, late show when you've scored one or two that has you know, gained you the points in injury time or late, late, late in the game? Happened often, in your case, Andy, with Celtic. It was a feature of Celtic under, well, many managers, isn't it? One immediately springs to me. After the break, that's coming next. Stephen, you're thinking? The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local, friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go, go. Radio Football Show, Paul Cooney with Stephen McGinn, Andy Walker and your calls coming in 0808 17 17 700 and we're on the socials at Go Football Show. Man United back to business as usual, winning in the League Cup, the EFL last night, 2-0 against Burnley and I see that Marcus Rashford is back in the goals for them. Tonight there's action down there as well. I was asking the guys just before the break of late comebacks. Rangers had a a huge one the other night at Pataudry. Andy, for you, late in the game, you thought, mm, this might be uh, impossible to win it. What's the first thing that came to your mind? Well, immediately came to mind the Scottish Cup semi-final in 88. We were 1-0 down against Hearts. Uh, Hamden. 
big Packy still <laughs> maintains he was uh, fouled with, uh, in that goal but a few minutes to go Martin McGee equalised and I, I remember in the celebrations Big Roy saying we can get a winner you know we maybe other players were thinking about getting a, a replay and sure enough we got a winner I was I, I scored it uh, and again it was yeah. I think it was Henry Smith just didn't take it cleanly Mark McGee challenged them it fell to me and I, and I roofed it and uh, what a turnaround that was it was a fabulous occasion what was the feeling scoring well scored the winner in the semi-final and you've taken your team at Hamden and you're, you're looking to win the, the league and the cup double which which we did but that was always in our thoughts when you were you're so close just to try and get the job done. It was just it was a great group of players and I think yeah. that season probably you know there were there were so many occasions where we got late goals to to get us a point or to get us two. And there was pressure on the club because Graham Souness had come yeah. to Rangers by then and had won it the week yeah, the season before. Yeah. And you were the underdogs that year. What, do you remember the pressure of it? Was that Well, I remember just the, the turnaround because a lot of the players that I had enjoyed watching as a Celtic fan, the likes of Davy Proven, who was coming to the end of his career with uh, an illness, Murdo McLeod had left, Alan Mac Alan McAnally had gone to, to Villa. Um and I signed along with Chris Morris, Mick McCarthy. Billy Stark was a great signing, experienced guy. Scored the winner in the first uh, Celtic Rangers game. That was in the August. We beat them 1-0. And actually, we went through that season undefeated uh, against Rangers. Um, so, great, uh, great memories. Stephen, for you, late goals? Or late... Yeah, uh, well, the first one, well, James came and put it in my mouth right away. The, the Kilmarnock win against Abroth. Yeah. Um, End of last season, you know, um, championship playoff. Yeah, it was almost a cup final. If we'd we, we felt that Abroth would win the last day of the season against Morton, so we felt well, both sides felt saw it as a cup final, and um, it was one of those nights we hadn't played well, not for the lack of trying. First half, second half, threw everything at them, and it was just it started. I remember just before um, we put the corner in for the first goal. I remember turn. We just missed another opportunity. I think it was a good save from the goalkeeper. Said to Rory McKenzie, "This just isn't going to happen for us, is it?" Did you? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, we, we still yeah. kind of have a wee laugh about it. And, and as Andy said, once that equaliser goes in, sometimes when you've just got a team and you've just you're in the moment, you just because mm. there was a chance we we were ahead in the table, we could have taken a chance and went up to Rafe Rovers and and taken care of business to win the league up there. But you just you just felt like you had them. Um, they were they were they were done and when Blair Olsen scores a goal I mean it's it's amazing you can batter a team for half an hour and get nothing yeah. but then as soon as you make that breakthrough you think we can do this again immediately just on our next attack like, see, see the other night going into injury time I didn't think if the ref had put up 15 minutes that Rangers were going to score see the minute it went to two each there just felt a sense that they were going to get another chance it's just as you say if it's the way football kind of works the, the mentality side of it 15 minutes I mean the World Cup wasn't far off 15 minutes yeah. can you imagine January 2nd how long to go depending yeah. what the score is uh, 20 minutes added on right. oh, Stephen and of course Chris Burke our own Chris Burke who joined us so many times was pivotal that night he came on as a sub and he helped Kilmarnock big time to yeah, get up yeah, to Kilmarnock the Kilmarnock legend and yeah. uh, just moments of quality yep. just I mean I've watched the, back, the game back several times and just uh, can I, the way you get from the top players it's just that clear mind and putting it into the good areas uh, at the right times and uh, yeah thankfully a night none of us down there will ever forget let's get back to 
matters this week. Last night, Celtic winning 2-1. But Ange Postacoglu wanted more goals in the 2-1 win. But like I said, we still need you know, a big better in the box. You know, because they're, they're really good quality opportunities. And as you said, it's not easy when, when oppositions are camped in there to, to find that space. But we do. And then we don't have people getting in on the end of it. And, and like I said, some of it's just the... You know, people working hard to get in those areas. We've been very good in that department for a long time, but you know, I think players have sort of got away from that a little bit and we've just got to re-emphasise how important it is. Andy, uh, you watched the highlights of last night. I think you watched the game. You weren't actually there. Stephen was there, yeah. um, nor was I. What, what do you think the changes will be then for the game at the weekend? Uh, I imagine Abada will keep his place. You're maybe looking at someone like Turnbull coming in. I think he's a really good goal threat from the middle of the park. He can give you that great delivery from set pieces. He can score from outside the box, which you don't see a lot of goals from outside the box these days. You didn't see a lot of goals in the World Cup from outside right. the box. Very few. Um, yeah. I think Jakimakis might have a case to to play from the start. And um, you know, I think defensively, Ralston uh, is looking good. Carter Vickers, Starfield, uh, Taylor, as long as everyone's fit, uh, you know, you might see Celtic have got such a, a strong squad. So um, the likes of Turnbull, Yakimakis might might just be a couple of them. Stephen, yeah, I agree with Andy. I think there'll be a, a few changes. Maybe Bernabe is a left back. Bernabe potentially if, depending was, on Ralston's fitness as yeah. well. If Taylor goes over to right back, but then you've got guys like Maida starts quite a lot of the Celtic games. He was an unused sub the night. James Forrest. They have they have got a lot of options, but I think I think off the back of the other night, I think Celtic will want to um, get as strong a team out as possible and and um, really show their teeth bigger into this Rangers game. Some of the Celtic fans weren't happy about the third goal being chalked off. It had been flashed up as a goal. It took a while. Let's see what Andrew Postacoglu had to say about VAR last night. You know, I'm not going to be asking for one. Ultimately, I said a few weeks ago, I'm not going to keep banging on about VAR and, and its intrusion in the game. But, um, you yeah, know, there's another one for you that offside is also one that they can go to the monitor to. Stephen, you were there. What do you think? What's your thoughts on it? When it comes to VAR, I always just try and put myself in the shoes of would I, would I want it? Mm-hmm. Um, and what would I think about it if it was against my team and last night I think if they'd came to the conclusion that Abada who was in an offside position did enough to put off the Livingston defender right away offside chalk off I don't have a major problem with that I I just felt being at the game the length of time it took the longer the longer it went on I just I was convinced it was going to give the goal actually um, just That's the yeah. aspect I think Stephen the, the frustrating aspect is the, the length of time because if you're looking at it that long, it's not clear, it's not yeah. obvious. Just go with the decision on the pitch. Yeah, but they don't. They? they don't, and it's so frustrating. Yes. I mean, we had one at Petodre the other night. You had one look at it, and you knew what the call should be. Mm. Why are you looking at it another half a dozen times? Which one was that? It was. Uh, I can't remember. So it was so much that night. Yeah, yeah. there was. There was one. There was that one look you needed. To, yeah. Sorry, Stephen. Yeah, just one look. There was one in that uh, Aberdeen. The handball's so subjective at the minute and it's so it sure. splits me. I, I honestly don't know. I, see the one that comes off Tavernier's um, arm? I don't think that's a penalty, right? But if he scores that way, it doesn't count. So it's it's one of those, it, it kind of, the handball confuses me, especially VAR when you're seeing it in slow motion. It, <laughs> you honestly, know you're not I, alone. <laughs> it, I, I just, and I'm thinking, what would, as I said, yeah. I'm, I put myself, what would I want? I'm not sure. I don't think if it's definitely a penalty, but a goal definitely doesn't get given for it. So it's. I think they need to. I know they've they've addressed it slightly, which has upset the Celtic fans obviously because they've 
been in the receiving end of some soft ones against them and they're wanting how has that been one been given and we're not they have changed it um, which I think has helped but it's just so unclear now especially when they play them in slow motion just what is a handball and what's not in the box the Celtic target well he's apparently one of the targets the striker the South Korean do you think he will be coming to Celtic there's loads of chat about him he's becoming more and more popular becoming a superstar in South Korea 24 years old Cho Gui Sung we heard about him a few weeks ago it's gone a little bit quiet there's some stuff online today saying this, about this his popularity pre- yeah, yeah this is pretty much a market we well I know nothing about him, so you would have to and I knew nothing so, about the Japanese yeah. market and mm. I've been so impressed with uh, Kyogo and Hatate since they've come in so you have to trust the manager's judgement who knows that market really well and uh, I'd certainly never heard of him if he's the one that uh, they were looking to bring in but I think what is true is that Celtic will look to to strengthen as they did this time last year and it, it worked really well for them The Celtic fans would want to keep Gigi as they call him Chikamakis but 27 years old and Andy, you've been in media as well as playing at the top level you know sometimes there's things happening it sounds as though there's a real chance that he could be off-ski, maybe in January. I mean, the manager was clear the other day, niente, nada, there are no offers for anyone. But, you know, the offer comes... Um, yeah, if there's no offers for anyone, then uh, you just hope that all the players are, are are focused and committed. You know, we have questioned, you know, Ryan Kent and Alfredo Morelos mm. when uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst was the manager and were they committed, and uh, totally committed uh, to him, to their club. And... I think that's uh, debatable. I, I think you have seen a bit of a... Certainly that uh, strength of character, never say die attitude under Michael Beale to be 2-1 down a couple of times against Hibs and Aberdeen and, and to come back as they have done. Uh, I think it tells you that uh, you know there, there's been a bit of a, a lift since the new manager came in. I was just thinking, I was going back to uh, the Giacomacus uh, about Anne saying that no, no bids had come in. The market hasn't really moved yet. The only ones that have actually moved in the market um, are Celtic, who unveiled two of their new signings yeah. before the game last night. And I was just in a wee daydream thinking, for the last 20 years, Celtic fans have been complaining, why did they not do their business early? And they're just about the only team that have moved so mm. far in the, in the transfer So market. did they come on last night, just beforehand? They were there? Before the game, yeah. they, they unveiled them. So uh, obviously both training with the club. So yeah. um think they'll be available for selection for the 2nd of January I think it's a big one uh, we all know about those players and I think you're right Stephen it is um, a welcome change to get the business done so quickly wasn't always the case but I think it is a big one if Yakumakis, for whatever reason he's unhappy or he's got a family issue or whatever it is if he stays then great because I think you, you've seen his his commitment to, to the team even when he comes on as a sub but if he does go, you you need someone else in because Celtic need options up there. And they need, I think they need that type of striker, physical one. And a minute before the news, we haven't seen you since the World Cup. What about uh, Juranovic? What can we say that hasn't been said? Would you expect a £15, £20 million pounds bid, Andy, for the fullback? Well, if you get that type of bid, then Celtic will do business. They're always yeah. a club that are you know keen to uh, bring people, as I've said before, bring people in for... Two, three million and fatten them up, sell them on. If Juranovic attracts that type of money, Celtic, I imagine, would want to do business. But as long as the, the manager uh, is in agreement, you, you certainly don't want to upset and push the coglu. Sure. And they've got Alistair Johnson he's, coming in and he's the Tony Rawson. Stephen, what do you think? Do you think you will see him again in a Celtic jersey? 
Uh, depending on Ralston's injury, they might have phoned over to Croatia to say, look, Josip, uh, what he does a wee turn on Saturday. Uh, no, I just thought, yeah. watching the World Cup, just what an outstanding bit of business uh, it was from Celtic. Great age, Croatian right back, and um, if he goes, I'm sure he goes with every Celtic fan's best wishes because he's been a terrific signing player for Celtic. We're going to hear more from Ange Postacoglu after the win last night and more from Michael Beale, particularly speaking about uh, Alfredo Morelos. That's coming up after the news. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars Let's go, 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 go. Hour two with Andy Walker, Paul Cooney and Stephen McGinn with you every night, Monday to Friday and tomorrow night we'll be going into well we're nearly at Boxing Day Are you all organised Andy for Christmas? No, yeah. no, no that's no. fair enough Stephen, yep We are just about just one or two wee small things to pick up but just about nothing too much for us you know James executive producer I mean he's uh, fairly demanding but uh, he deserves it doesn't he he's here every night listen thanks so many people talking about the programme thanks to the team who work behind the scenes on the show huge number of people hi James <laughs> hi Chris and uh, not we're really pleased the number of people talking about being on the show we appreciate it 08, 08, 17, 17, 700, you could be on this evening. Business end of the season. The World Cup was terrific. It got better and better, but nothing beats getting back to the, the bread and butter, does it, Andy? Great yep. to be back to the grind yep. of Scottish football here, there and everywhere. Marvellous. Grind tomorrow night. You excited? You'll be looking forward to Looking forward I mean, to all the games, yeah. just because yeah. they, they mean so much at the moment. And of course, we're all, Stephen's mentioned that you've mentioned that mm. I, I'm into it as well. There's so many games to be played. I mean, Celtic still need to go to Easter Road before they, they go to Ibrox. So that'll be a good game as well. Well, hard to read, Hibs, isn't it? One of your old clubs, Stephen. You just don't know who's going to turn up. Yeah, we're in the, the, the midst of a real poor run. Yep. I think the, the World Cup's kind of taking the shine off what a bad run it is. Uh, and, and at times, you watch them at Ibrox and you're thinking, how can they be on such a bad run? The difference... Mm -hmm with their first half to the second half, Stephen, it was night and day. I watched a game up at Pataudry and honestly, for about 40 minutes, they battered Aberdeen and Aberdeen got a penalty, 1-1-0 uh, and the second half was like a, the exact same second half that happened to Ibrox. Just, yeah. one, just Aberdeen attacking and Rangers attacking. I, I don't know I don't know what happens at half-time or whatever. But I think there's just... a danger they could fall into the bottom six. You yeah. look at what Livy are doing and they're solid. I know they lost last night to, to Celtic but with very modest resources. Uh, that's a big game coming up, Livy Hibs. Huge. And he dropped that a is, few players, sorry, last night, didn't he? Nupli didn't yeah. even come on. Is well, that thinking the game at Easter Road is winnable? Right. I think you're right, Paul. He's targeting that and making that a, a big game. And if they can beat Hibs, they can keep them quiet for a long time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Livy uh, got all three points against Hibs. I would, I would be more surprised I think if Hibs beat Livingston than Livingston beating Hibs you know uh, it's not the way it should be with a big city club and the resources they have it's the same result you two isn't it it's the yeah. same thing no just the way you both said it but yeah. it's the same outcome yeah, yeah, yeah. could well be a Livy win um, let's hear from Michael Beale he's going to be speaking about Morelis in a second but first uh, Alec has been on the socials at Go Football Show what about uh, Alan McGregor the goals the other night what about the first one the Free kick from Duke, which was absolutely brilliant, Andy. You were doing the game. So what do you think that technique from the player was terrific? Should the keeper have done better? I, I always think in these, when you're taking a step to your left as a goalkeeper, mm. you're, I don't think you're trying to be smart. I just think you're, you're not trusting your wall to do the job. And to get it over, to get it up and over from that distance with a bit of pace, 
he, he just thought uh, he didn't trust his wall and that's why he took a, a step to his left and had he stayed in his starting position I, I think he saves it Stephen? Yeah but I, I don't really I mean have this argument with, with goalkeepers all the time I didn't understand why he wasn't in his line mm. uh, I think if he's on his line What was he a yard off or so? Yeah, couple. By, couple by, yeah, by the time, I think by the time the ball's in the net he's two or three yards off his line so I I don't understand I, th- I know goalkeepers like to be proactive and off the line but a free kick I would have thought it would give you longer time to see it and in a better position for uh, if they go goal, goalkeeper's, goalkeeper's side You got that ability to move the ball like that the way he did? No uh, <laughs> No No no. honestly and it, good, good question straight answer it was when, when Ronaldo hit that free kick years ago against Portsmouth I don't know if you remember it and it was all this if you hit the valve watch what happens you've no idea how many times I've tried to hit a valve <laughs> and hope I, that it moved I seem to remember Granty talking about that He Fergie had asked him down to uh, to Manchester mm-hmm. for a bit of training and he watched Ronaldo doing these uh, free kicks and I think it was the way he'd, he'd sort of placed it into the the grass and the trajectory he wanted was to get it up and over it was an astonishing strike that he had yeah. and then there was something to do with the valve I don't know everything Andy's describing I tried practiced for <laughs> hours after training and I can tell you it, it definitely went up and up and up <laughs> like a hurricane penalty yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. is that still travelling and Stephen Alex wants to know what do you think of the second goal Leighton Clarkson great goal so what do you think of that his technique um, the way he just touched it and bang and should the keeper have got to it uh, other than just going for goalkeepers constantly where you want him to save everything uh, I, th- I thought I thought it was a really good goal I think yeah. he takes it early enough maybe to catch McGregor uh, off guard he scored a pretty special goal at St Johnson for Aberdeen to, to win the game so Came, I think he's from the Liverpool Academy. There's no doubt in his his qualities. Kind of got that uh, long range shooting in his in his locker. I know for the even for the free kick that that Duke was hitting. I thought this is Clarkson's all day. So um, yeah, uh, a big moment for him. And yeah, I, I bet I think he'd be pretty harsh to blame McGregor for both yeah, of them. Probably too much to concentrate. And a quick word on Jim Goodwin. You'll know him well, Andy. Um, Oh, he was totally shattered after the game. I watched him come into the interview room with Luke Shanley and uh, he struggled to lift his head. He struggled to make any sense of it. I think he might look at it a bit differently now given the when you look at the... You, managers always want to take the, the positives yeah. out of a game and of course they were shattered and the players were on their knees and some of them were on the floor but uh, there were good things about Aberdeen there. A lot better than than they were against Celtic uh, at the weekend. So um, you, you just expect a, a bit more from Aberdeen. Will Willie Miller be a wee bit happier? <laughs> He's been very critical, hasn't well, he? Well, I think you have to, I, I take Willie's point, you have to be, you have to believe that you can beat the best when they come to town. I mean, I played for Motherwell. We were a defensive team, but on occasion, we uh, we beat Celtic, we beat Rangers and you know, you've got to believe that it's it's not a it's not a regular occurrence because they've always had uh, better players, the best players in the in the country. But on, on your day, you can be organised and and get the better of them. Of course, he is a club legend and he was a terrific player for Aberdeen and for Scotland. But I heard, in fact, I heard Crofty and Grado talking about it the other morning. Did you hear the commentary? And he no. shouts, "Oh no!" Oh, right, yeah, just got, Have I've you ever, Andy Walker, that. shouted, "Oh no"? During a match commentary? No, I tried to keep discipline and I yes. think the, the only twice where I've 
made a sound. Uh, it was James McFadden in uh, Paris, sure. and that was that was astonishing. Nil nil, and Fadi comes up with that goal. The other one I think was Nakamura against Man United. Well, I was doing that with Archie, and I got out of my seat and I made some sort of noise, not a Gary Neville noise, but. Uh, no, you tend to just leave those big moments to the to the sure. commentators. That's what they. I think if it's an international game or a European game up against uh, somebody like Man United, then that's understandable. I Stephen. could, I could imagine yeah. Lee Griffiths at uh, Hamden oh, with Scotland, the double, the free yeah. kicks. That would have been a bit special. Certainly was right. Michael Beale. He's been speaking. He's been asked about Morellas. So there was a bit of criticism about Morellas the other night. We know he got a goal uh, a few nights before. So what did the manager say about his striker? I think when Alfredo is at it. He, there's not a lot of difference in the way that he looks on the eyes. You know, he's he's a he's a certain uh, physical shape. Uh, he always has been that. I remind everyone when he was scoring goals that were beating Porto and 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 teams like that. He, he looked how he looks. He, you know, that that's him. I just think Alfredo's been out of rhythm because he had a long-term injury, quite a serious one at the back end of last season that trailed into this season. Uh, he's been in and out of the team, it's fair to say. And at the moment, he's probably playing when he's one of the players who are playing through the pain barrier for the team. So I'm never going to question in terms of his mentality when he's here because there's a lot of things that maybe you can question that young boy for, and he has been questioned for, but certainly not the commitment when I see him day in, day out. Andy? Well, he's got to give him a boost and he's got to keep him on side. Yeah. I, I've seen him in better shape and I've seen him sharper. I've seen him fitter, I've seen him leaner. So I think he could do with a bit of conditioning, even now. And the fact that he wasn't fit at the start of the season for Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, that's someone who's not tuned in. And no wonder we were talking about uh, his lack of commitment, his lack of focus, because you've got to be fit for the start of the season. And uh, the big question, of course, is the the business decision that has to be made. He's He's been allowed to run his contract down. And I know he's got the option of staying as Conor Golson did at the at the last minute. Um, but um, I, I, I've certainly seen him in better shape. Stephen, when he's at his best, he is terrific, isn't he? Have you played against Morellas? Yeah. You will have, yeah. yeah. What was he like to come up against? A handful. Um, and that's probably, I think Andy's right, I think Michael Beale's coming in, he's going to try and show him a bit of love and try and coax him into getting a bit fitter, getting a bit sharper and... Uh, I know Cholak's having a good season but I think both at their best you would rather play against Cholak than you play against Morelos but as I, the first thing I said to you is a handful at the minute he's not a handful I don't think he's hard to play against at the minute and I've, even in games probably Morelos has missed chances missed big chances um, I think he's always been a handful the ball goes up to him he never gives defender an easy game but I think in the last two games that I think he's been the opposite. I don't. I don't think he's gave he's, Rangers a focal point. He's also the mo- well. Whenever he plays, whenever he goes over to the Rangers supporters, he seems to be the most popular player still at the club. Mm-hmm. Well, Rangers players would know uh, better than me, but sure. that's the but, way it looks yeah. when you see him come out onto the pitch when he goes over to the fans, and it, he's pretty much the only one they sing about. Well, when we did those Euro nights and Rangers fans were with us, yeah. I, Almost to a man and a woman, everyone defended him. Hardly anyone had a bad word. Or they would say, well, yeah, we know. Um, they love him. They have loved him. I wonder if he'll be here next season. And Ryan Kent, looking better to you, Stephen? Yeah, well, the first half, I mean, he, he fell out of the game the other night, in, in my opinion, at Pataudry. But the first half, I thought he was playing more of inside the pitch than, than out wide. And 
you can tell that Michael Beale's trying to um, get the ball to him as much mm-hmm. as possible and he, he looked really sharp um, so I think over over Michael Beale's first spell at uh, Rangers with, with Stephen Gerrard there was no doubt that Morelos and, and Ryan Kent were, were key to, to all things good with Rangers so I think he's just trying to coax that form back back out of them. And Andy, you'll hear the manager, he speaks about him quite a lot, doesn't he? Talks about that relationship with yeah. Ryan Kent since he was, what, 14 uh, down in Liverpool in a different way. And Barry yeah. Ferguson said the other night on the programme here, don't be surprised if there is a contract, which maybe he won't see out, but there could well be a new contract signed by Ryan Kent. Well, I'm sure Barry's closer to, <laughs> to people at Rangers than yeah. I am, but I think Stephen's right about... Mm. New manager coming in and he wants to get a bit more out of him and he's shown him a lot of love and uh, Cholak being injured at the moment or uh, out of form, uh, you want Morelos in, you want him doing better but I, I, I stand by it. I think he can be fitter, leaner, sharper and you know he, he scored a goal against uh, Hibs. That's what you want to see. I know it was a, it was a tap-in but the way you see Rangers playing now, um, Kent is the focal point of things going forward I thought he was excellent in the first half uh, he did drop out of the game Tillman you saw him in flashes and he did really well to get the cross in for the goal uh, the winning goal yep. uh, so he's another one that can produce little moments of magic and um, under Steven Gerrard when Michael Beale was there they always wanted a bit more out of their full back so uh, they're the main options going forward to to provide that service for the guys in and around the box and I think if Morelos eh, was fitter, sharper, leaner, I think you'd see a better player. This const this constant contract uh, chat surrounding Kent and Morelos, but I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure they are exactly Saint Rangers go and make us a long term offer on huge money. I, I don't. I think both of them are having their worst seasons yet as a, as Rangers players, and and I don't think. I think there's a case to be made. If I was Ryan Kent or Alfredo Morelos, that I would stay. I don't know. I don't know how many better options out out there is there is in Rangers for them to. And who would be in for them at the moment? We'll find out in the coming weeks. Um, we'll know. And there's so many these crucial games coming up. You mentioned about the fullbacks and the way he likes them to bomb forward. Borna Barisic was really good at that. He was excellent. Yeah. He was great at times. Not such a good season last year. But Michael Beale's been speaking about the man who's got that bronze medal, third in the world at the World Cup. And I think you know we can look at that in two ways because obviously he only played in the one game, but he has been training non-stop for that period as well. There's a big burden when you play for your country and you're travelling. The emotion inside that camp of getting to a semi-final and losing. So I think you've got to put that all in. I wanted to give him a few days afterwards because there was a couple of things back home, commitments for the whole squad that they had to go to. Uh, he had a commitment with the full national team and then he had a commitment in his hometown as well and it's important I don't take that away from him. He's an expectant father as well, his fiance is expecting. So there's a lot of things in the background so we're going to give him a couple of days we'll be back here Boxing Day and be ready to play on Mother on the 28th if selected because there's a young Scottish fullback doing quite well at the moment in our team so let's not kick him out of the team before... He deserves to lose his shirt. Quite a few things in there, Stephen, aren't there? Obviously, he's mentioning Adam Devine, who's done 18 years old. He's done well. Yeah, uh, real positive Rangers. If uh, Not only that, he's playing at position. Yeah. Uh, right-footed. Uh, I think he's been excellent he's in the two games. Um, doesn't look as if it's his first um, couple of league games for Rangers. So, a major a major bonus for them. Especially, there's been a lot of chat about Ridvan and, and Borna Barisic's form. So, 
Fair play if Michael Beale's willing to give Adam Devine that chance to keep his jersey, then yeah, I'm all for it. Andy, January the 2nd, when you're on Sky, do you think Borna Barisic will be playing against Celtic? Given yes, I think uh, Michael Beale will go to his experienced players. Um, I don't think he's looked out of place, Adam Devine. But I think against Celtic, when Rangers really want to... They're at home, they want to win. If, if Michael Beale is serious about chipping away at Celtic's lead, and if we all assume that it's nine points then, um, he'll want his experience, he'll want Goldson, uh, he'll want Tavernier, obviously, if he, get, if he gets rid of whatever you know aches and pains he, he has. But you know Tavernier, Goldson, Davis, Barisic, I would expect to be the back four. Even though Barisic had such a torrid time against Celtic a couple of times in the last year. Yeah, he has, but he, he is at his best. He's terrific going forward. He still sets up some lovely crosses. Uh, and I think all the other players would want Barisic in the team. Stephen, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with Andy. Yeah. I think... Um, I think the quotes coming out, I don't know if they lost in translation uh, translation. They were strange quotes in terms of being tired from the from the World Cup. Yeah. Um and Is I think Barisic saying this, yeah. And I think because of the type of season he's had, it makes it sound worse than than anyway. But I do expect I do expect him to play against Celtic. But of course that is it. He played one game. So is it the mental pressure of being away in camp and playing uh, I was never a recognised international player but I can only imagine just the sheer elation of mm. you know obviously losing the semi-finals a blow but to, to win it and to be third and then I, I think you should be going home to your, your own country and uh, you know taking the, the plaudits for, for finishing third and if he, if he's got all that in his mind as well with a, a baby on the way there's a lot going on but you, you want him back uh, fit focused and I think he would be ahead of Adam Devine. Michael Beale's given quite a lot away, hasn't he? There, I was just listening to what Stephen was saying earlier yeah. on. You know, because teams have all got you've you've all got something mm -hmm. when you've got a pool of whatever twenty odd players, so many on the bench. But Andy, from a media point of view, there's some good stuff. I thought he was really good a few days ago I, when he was speaking, uh, and he has been good. Yeah, you know, yesterday and today as well. I, I think he speaks very well. I think he's an impressive individual. He's he's been around a lot with a lot of good coaching experience. I think it is a hell of a leap to become the Rangers manager and try and deliver success. And uh, uh, he's got a lot on his plate at the moment, especially being, uh, you know, nine points behind. But um, I, I think he's dead right to highlight the character because to to be two one do to be one down and two one down against Hibs and then to win three two, and they were pretty dominant in the second half. And of course, to get that uh, three two victory after being two one down with. I mean, an injury time, that is, that's remarkable stuff. Jazza has been on the Big socials. Jazza. Jazza has, I don't know if he's bigger we or uh, just somewhere in the middle. Jazza has been on saying, what's on your Christmas wish list for Scottish football? Steve McGinn and Andy Walker. What's your wish list for Santa for Christmas? That's coming next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Radio Football Show, Paul Cooney, Macklin Motors, Stephen McGinn, Andy Walker. I see there's going to be a rematch, Jack Cattrall and Josh Taylor. The rematch is happening. I'm no boxing expert, but I watched that one and I assumed that Jack Cattrall had beaten the Scotsman. I was disappointed, but I don't know enough about it. I don't know if you do, Stephen or Andy, but... I like it. I yeah. like my boxing and like yeah. you, I was puzzled by that decision. Yeah. So looking forward to the rematch. Stephen? 
Same fair weather fan. I will watch that <laughs> fight. Uh, hopefully, one of my pals can keep me up to date with who's winning. Yeah. Should be some fight though, but it's, it's unusual for it to be so one-sided. But then it was a split decision, wasn't it? Um, it went against him. So the titles, and I think it was four belts, stayed with Josh Taylor, of course. From is he Preston Pans? I think. I think is he a Hibs fan? I You're think. Hibs yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, he is yeah. indeed. Yeah, You're the pride of Preston Pans. So that's coming up pretty soon. Boxing so popular, it's huge. And uh, but we're not experts, so we'll move on from that. <laughs> Wish list for Christmas, Stephen. Have you had time to think about it? Yeah, I would. Uh, for Scottish football, yeah. What, for Scottish football, or yeah. for me personally, yeah. For Scottish football, what, what would you like if you could? I would love, especially when you're at a football match in the winter months, mm -hmm. them to come up with VAR decisions a bit quicker, yep. um, come to conclusions um, quicker. Just go with, go with what they see early, and and not and not try and keep everyone waiting because I, I feel as if. Especially that game last night, I felt as if it was an unnecessary amount of time taken over it. How long was it, the Abada decision? Roughly? I two, mean, it was three, three, three four minutes. Wow. Uh, obviously contributed to the seven added um, in, in the second half that there was, I know there was a lot of changes, but no, not a lot of stoppage. It was, yeah, it was far too long. See, at a practical level, Andy, the game start, well, that was 7.45 last night. Your game the night before was uh, eight, eight. o'clock. Yep. This is late. People have got to get the buses if they can get them. Trains mm. if they're on. It's yeah. not easy. It's really not easy for the boys and girls, the men and women at the games, is it? No, it's not. And um, I mean, I, I I wasn't really in favour of VAR when it came in, but after going down to the workshop in England, I thought I'll, I'll try and buy into this. And it, I, I think it's only ever good when you get a clear and obvious error. I mean, he's totally missed that, the referee. Of course we can see it. But... There is so much debate, so much subjectivity about decisions that I don't know why we spend three, four minutes looking at it. But on the other hand, I like the drama. I like the controversy. Uh, you don't want everything clean cut. I, I, I like the talking points that football throws up. And I just hope we, being Scotland, we can put up a show when we get round to playing, who is it, Spain, Norway. We need to get back to a major uh, tournament to give the the whole country would get a lift from it. They would indeed, because we've got a lift getting to the Euros. Yeah. We'll never forget that. Mitrovic yeah. shoots. Just a, just a great pity yeah. there wasn't full full houses just no. to see yeah. uh, us playing in that. But uh, to get yeah. to to get to get Germany, uh, it would be tremendous. When you think back in some of the crazy decisions, you know, there was, actually, I think there were 20,000 at Wembley. I was there. I didn't mention that too often. I was at the game. But up here, we were allowed 500 people in places like Petodri, Aberdeen, yeah. I mean, you know, it's that just bizarre, but thankfully that's we're over that. hopefully long gone. What's your wish then overall? No, just more of the same, more drama, more controversy, um, more good play. Um, I, I just, I like seeing my big city teams, Hibs, yeah. Hearts, Aberdeen, uh, even Dundee who are down in the championship. You liked that last season with both I, up? Dundee yeah, I like, I like yeah. the Dundee derby is terrific. The Edinburgh derby is Tremendous. Every time you get uh, Celtic Rangers, it's fantastic. It's always a privilege to uh, to cover that. So, um, yeah, just hoping for, for more of the same, just better football. We outside shot at the Usher Derby in the Premier League. Usher Derby, Next that's season, yeah, the way they going. They could even pass on the way. You could get one up and one down. Mm. You Don't say that, surely. Stephen, your old club, Kelly, you've got great affection. Are they going to be okay? 
I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to sh- come out this break and shoot away from the trouble. But I think they'll have enough to stay up. I, th- I know the type of dressing room and management staff. I think they'll they'll, they'll stay up. You just hope that Kyle Lafferty gets back fit yeah. and focused. I know he's had his problems, and Derek McInnes has spoken about yeah. it. And uh, it's been a long ban, especially with the World Cup coming in. But yeah. uh, Kilmarnock need uh, a focal point. They need a goal scorer and. Uh, he's one that can give them a few goals and make the difference. Yeah, I mean, it was outrageous what Kyle Lafferty said, but I've got a lot of sympathy with what Derek McInnes is saying. Mm. Um, and it's been such a long period of time. Is it 10 games he's banned for? But because mm. of the World Cup, I mean, that was five a weeks in the time, middle of yeah. it. It's a long time. I mean, he was an absolute idiot. Shouldn't have done it. Hopefully he's learned his lesson. Um, but it, it, that seems to me to be too much. I think it is a long, long time for... You know, he's in the twilight of his career. Yeah, it seems just a bit too much. But I, I don't think Big Laugh would fancy the reserve games anyway. <laughs> well, was he? Was it? <laughs> really? I think the managers yeah. think right. I need to. I need to out my out my yeah. face on a Tuesday. <laughs> I've sent him with yeah. the reserves. So I guess as we're getting towards the end of the year, though, so you're you think in the air, your old club are they going to come? I up would love to see them do it. And yeah. I was down there a couple of weeks ago to watch them play against Pollock in the Scottish Cup. Uh, well received there. Lovely people working at, at, at that club and. Um, I think they're ready. They're, they're talking about putting some seats in. If you can picture Somerset across from the the tunnel area, yep. they would put some seats in there. I think they would be they would be fine. And uh, I think they've got a very good chance. Lee Bullen has put a, a good team together there. Has the ground changed much at all? I used to work down there. The house no. just uh, I lived nearby. Nothing's yeah. changed. It's it a was... great ground and great. Oh, yeah. If if you like your standard, I mean, I, I go to yeah. Pollock. Whenever I'm, I'm uh, available and, and free to go to a game at a weekend, sometimes in a midweek, mm-hmm. and I go to Paul, and it's great to yeah. stand mm-hmm. behind the goal, wander around in the halfway line, go behind the other goal for the second <laughs> half. It's it's great. It's a weird thing. It's, there's a lot of stadiums out there that you look at and they're tired, and you think it'd be yeah. great if, I mean, Dundee, good example. Yeah. Old club mm-hmm. would love, uh, I mean, Dense Park's tired. It's patchwork, really isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But Somerset's not like that. It's no. I love playing at Somerset. It's like mm. playing in it's like playing in an old fashioned cup tie every yeah. time you play there. It's it's amazing. The and Derby a great surface. And always always a good surface. Yeah. Uh, love absolutely love playing there. Yeah. Who's coming up, do you think? So maybe United, Andy? Or I think if I was to yeah. call it now, I'd probably go Dundee, Dundee. with okay. their budget, the way yeah. they're spending. Mm. And who knows what might happen in January in terms of business with these clubs. Stephen. <laughs> I thought at the start of the season it'd be Patrick Thistle. Mm-hmm. I think they built a really good squad, but they've had a, a horror couple of months yeah. just before. Uh, just before good, well, good win the other night. Yeah, big win yeah. against Air last week. But I think it will be down to who does the better business in January between Dundee and Queens Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it will. Queens Park's another one. Yeah, I think it will come down to that. Queens Park getting into obviously lesser. Um, yeah. Right up there, good young team, but I think they might need a couple of additions to. Uh, sustain a title charge and obviously Dundee will have the spending mm. power in the league to to get to add it's one of those that you think now and again you think Owen Coyle's the manager of Queen's Park it is phenomenal isn't it and also the structure that they've got there the director of football yep. who came over from AZ Alkmaar Leanne slowly, Dempster there slowly but surely yeah. just building a, a really good club together mm-hmm. and they've got all the experience and know-how in the manager and as you say the structure behind it will serve them well for future years and the new ground as well soon mm. which will be terrific yeah it's exciting Glasgow Derby could be something else marvellous an extra one an extra Queen's one. Park Cup and Great. Clyde when they were up remember they used to be part of the Glasgow That's Derby right, as yeah. well yeah. yeah long since gone from Shawfield 0808 17 17 700 we're going to start looking forward now to the games this weekend 
uh, as we head in for Christmas. How were you about playing around Christmas time, Stephen? You've got young family and all that, but are you, are you just used to it now, training and playing? Yeah, used to it. Um, it's a uh, situation developed kind of later in their career we, we the players get to decide almost if you want the Christmas day in or off right. for the Boxing Day. It's, it's the managers, the last couple of clubs have been at, it's been on the players. Do you want to come in and do a bit or do you want to leave you to your own devices? Mm-hmm. Um, what would you do? Uh, I never minded coming in on Christmas Day, to be honest. I, I really actually, enjoyed it. I quite liked it, yeah. yeah. I enjoyed um, it. It's only a short time, but you get a house for a while. Let Carol tidy up and you go back. <laughs> and the kids, of course, as well. Um, uh, right, let's see. What do you think then for the games coming up this weekend? Tomorrow night, Motherwell against Kilmarnock at uh, Fair Park. What are you, Stephen, what do you think? How's Paul doing, your brother? How's his uh, fitness after his injury? Yeah, well, um, I'm sure the Motherwell fans were desperate to get back to, to Fair Park last week um, with, with, with the break and stuff like that. But I think the, uh, well, the, the, Game postponement was certainly good for Paul because I'm not sure he would have made it. So right, sure, yeah. hopefully be available this uh, for tomorrow night. So uh, because of that reason, nothing obviously against me or your friends. It's yeah. uh, I'm going for one 0 sure. Motherwell. I think one 0 Motherwell. You reckon? Yeah, the big freeze affected Fair Park very badly. Yes, yeah, saw, the, Andy. saw yeah. that footage mm. and that was a that was a painful one. But uh, they certainly need the points. The last thing they want to do is go into that sort of uh, slump and they uh, get dragged into... You, when you look at the bottom of the table, mm. obviously Dundee United, Kilmarnock, Ross County, and maybe Motherwell as well if, if they don't pick up uh, some points soon. So they don't want to get dragged into those bottom two places. So a big one for Motherwell. We'll come to Rangers shortly and, and the Celtic game as well. Let's go to some of the other grounds. St Mirren against Aberdeen and their game was off as well, Andy. So St Mirren against the Dons, right... <laughs> How are the Dons going to be affected? Are they going to say, well, we played really well against Rangers and get something from that? Or are they going to, are the heads down? Well, I like the front two of uh, Duke and yeah. uh, Miofsky. And if you get some service to them, um, Liam Scales coming back, I thought um, they, they looked they looked better defensively. And Ramadani, I thought when he was asked to get closer to uh, Ryan Kent, I thought he affected Kent's performance in the second half, didn't really see as much from Kent, so Ramadani has been has been decent as well. So um, I would expect Aberdeen to go there and and bounce back. That has got to be the sign of a team that are serious about challenging for third spot, and that that must be their aim to be up there with with Hearts and maybe even uh, the likes of Livingston, St Johnston, mm-hmm. surprisingly doing so well. I fancy Aberdeen there. You fancy the Dons because yeah. their away form has been terrible up against St Mirren who've had a really good run at home. Yeah, I uh, agree with Andy. I thought they had a few standout performers. I thought the, the Duke was a standout performer in yeah. the park. Uh, it was a little On bit, the park, yeah. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I don't know. He didn't seem to blow up. I don't know if... Um, I don't know if Jim Goodwin thought he'd ran his race in the game, but I, I, I thought Rangers were really worried about him. I thought he was causing problems all over the place. Um and I think in that partnership, Miofsky's the one that's got all the goals this season, but um, Duke's the one that's really kind of surprised me. I think he's he's the main man for Aberdeen. But I think you've just spoke about their away record. St Mern have got one of the best home records in the league and uh, they were obviously the other team that got their game postponed last week. But I just think St Mern, off the back of the disappointment for Aberdeen and just how good a season St Mern are having in Paisley this season, uh, I just, I've gone for a St Mern home win. A home win, you reckon? What about Bacchus? What would you say? 
World Cup success back and quite a few people watching him yeah well I've been at a few St Mon games um, early in the season and really impressed with him I thought I thought just watching him early in the season they'd struggle to hold on to him for longer than the season um, and he's obviously gone over and had a really good World Cup um, good bad business from Stephen Robinson uh, really good and hopefully we're able to keep hold of him as I said to the end of the season I know there'll be a bit of interest in him in January but really impressed with uh, not just him Ethan Erehorn a young yeah. player when uh, he was there at St Mern and huge potential, loads of ability. The only other, the only question mark we had him, and I told him often enough, was his attitude and his his desire. Did you tell him? Yeah. Oh, so many times. Yeah. I met him on holiday in the summer. Told him again, and he told me, "Not telling you, I've, I've got my head screwed on. I've, I'm at it here." And to be fair to him, he's backed up. I think he's had a brilliant season. He's really going under the radar. The age he is. How I old think, is he, roughly? Ethan must be 20, maybe 21. Right. Uh, I don't know definitely sure. his age, but uh, yeah. a huge player for St. and I think he's actually going under the radar. What a big season he's having. It's good, Andy, isn't it, that yeah. Stephen's giving him advice? Yeah. yeah. And I think the important thing is uh, when you're on the receiving end of that advice, to listen, mm-hmm. just to, to take heart. I think when you get to, I, I know when I was 33, 34, and I knew I only had a, a year or two left, you want to try and pass on whatever you've learned or any any good stuff to, to young players, especially who have got a, a good attitude and you want them to do well. You know, they're nice people, they're nice folk and you, you want them to have a better career and you're trying to help them. You, you just hope that they listen. Yeah, it was probably, at times, probably tough love. I mean, there's times that yeah. I thought, am I being a bit harsh on him here? But he just frustrated. I mean, he could see... Right from his first couple of training sessions, I mean, 16, 17, he could see passes. I mean, mm. he's far in his first game uh, for St Mern was in the Challenge Cup and he played in my position. And I remember thinking to the side, I've got a bit of an issue here. He's a, he's a player. Got um, and it's taken him a couple of years to, he went down to Barnsley. Uh, I think it was a bit of an eye opener seeing England and how much, how many other players are out there down there for England. Uh, He's always spoke about wanting to go down there and play. I think he, I think it gave him a wee fright of what's still required for him. And yeah. as I said, I, I, I've been I don't mean proud. It's yeah, but, but yeah, sure. you just uh, you I'm happy. You like for to him. see him do well. I'm so yeah. happy for him. He's uh, he's really getting knuckled down. And great. as I said, he's a huge player for something. Twenty-one year old. Yeah, great. Southside boy. Yeah, marvelous. Quick break because the time is flying on. I'm going to give you the latest on the traffic, but there's more to come from Andy and from Stephen as we look forward to the games tomorrow and on Christmas Eve. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com, your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Loads of football tomorrow night. Barry Ferguson will be with us along with Mark Guidi ahead of the games. Motherwell against Kilmarnock and Ross County against Rangers. Let's get the injury updates from the managers, especially for tomorrow night. Just looking here for Michael Beale talking about some of the niggles. He had a quick word about Roof and first of all, Antonio Cholak. He's had a slight calf problem and he's not ready. We thought he would be, but he's not ready. We'll be ready for the 28th. And hopefully if everything goes to plan, so will Kamar Roof. And he's promising changes tomorrow. Yeah, there'll be five changes tomorrow. It's important we don't take a risk. We we have Leon who was sick for a few days. and So he's back available. Obviously, James has been playing, but Ben's now ready to play. And we'll, we'll, we'll assess. I think we played the game yesterday. It was just about recovering from the trip travel. Today, we've had we've done barely enough just to, to, just to get him breathing and come back in. 
and we've got quite a long time till tomorrow night's game. We're aware that uh, it's the second away game in three days. It's there to challenge us, but we're looking forward to it. So I think, uh, I think the feel-good feeling of scoring so late in the game and winning the game the other night, you know, the adrenaline will get us through the next, the next game. But we're, we're certainly looking forward to it. So Andy, that's your game tomorrow night. Ross County against Rangers. The changes, we've uh, hinted at some of them. He has as well. There have been a few injuries. What do you think the lineup's going to be tomorrow? What would you expect to nail on? Um, would he make a change in goal? I'm, I'm not sure he would, but uh, I, I think you'll probably maybe see Leon King. You'll maybe see Lundstrom coming back in from the start. I would be surprised if Arfield didn't play after his fantastic contribution, getting those uh, two goals that keeps their slim title hopes uh, alive. Maybe... Maybe Matondo, maybe Scott Wright, guys like that. I don't know, but uh, it'll be interesting when you see the team lines because five changes yeah. uh, is uh, is a lot. Stephen, what about Ross County? They are tough. They've had a really bad start to the season. They have improved, maybe not got as many. Well, they don't have the points that they feel they would deserve. But Malky Mackay, he is always hard to beat. Big, strong team. Yeah, he uh, did a great job at Ross County. Obviously, lost a, a lot of goals out of his team um, yep. in the summer. That's a part of the, the issue at Ross County. Uh, with success, you're going to lose boys every year, and um, there's been a big turnaround in his team. Uh, I know he'll be missing his captain tomorrow night. Um, but I think you. Red card. Yeah, yep. after the red yep. card, yeah. But I think I think you can't have watched. You can't have watched Rangers' last two games and think that they're fully firing and this this is a there's got to be I mean I know I would be as a player there is a wee chance to, to, to have a go at them to to test their you know as I said that every time they drop points now it's, it's poten- potentially cat- catastrophic for the season so can you test their, their nerve and, and try and get any points off them I'll tell you who the manager has been speaking about somebody that we saw last season a few times and then he had an injury remember playing uh, right was it pre-season Alex Lowry he's back and here's the manager speaking about him he's close I think I have to pick and choose the right moments and when he goes in I'm expecting him to go in and stay in and be at this club for a long term be one of the leaders moving forward if you're looking at one area that I have loads of experience because everyone talks about experience that is the area that I'm skilled in Alex is not too far away. What he must do is the teammates will pick him. So when he comes to see me, when he will from time to time and say, Gaffer, when am I going to get a chance? Well, would your teammates pick you? So it's a big thing, that, for a young player. When they train every day, they have to earn the right off their teammates as well. And for me, he is the future of Rangers. So as time, when the group settles, you'll see more of Alex Lowry, but only if he, if he deserves it. Stephen McGinn, I see you nodding there. What do you think? It was just off the f- fresh off what we were talking about, Ethan, um, and your teammates picking you. It suggests that um, there's no doubt in his quality. I think you, you need to have seen some of his clips the way he goes by people. So I've asked people before, why do we not see more of him? I mean, he looks really talented. Um, and I think the only th- thing you kind of come back from is maybe attitude, work rate. And that's what it sounds like Michael Beale's talking about. If he uh, can earn the manager's trust and his his teammates' trust that he can go out there and no doubt in his quality, but will he knock in the same shift that the senior boys are all bursting to do? Andy? Ross County have never beaten Rangers. Um, They got that point, 3-3, but they've never won uh, against Rangers. And Rangers, the the points that they drop are all away from home. Well, they had a 1-1 draw against Mm -hmm. Livingston at Ibrox, but... 
I think 10 of the 12 points they've dropped away from home so every away game has been has been difficult um, and if you're making five changes you, you, you need to make sure you have the, the chemistry right the understanding with the centre-backs and the goalkeeper those those relationships are really uh, important and um, the one hope that Ross County have I think is Jordan White he's scored a few times mm -hmm. in big occasions he scored against Celtic he scored against Rangers before so um, he'll be their main threat but it is a blow to miss uh, Baldwin after his red card against uh, St Johnston that weekend of course and he did though he scored last weekend didn't he he did uh, what Ryan Porteous did yeah. he has yeah, good yeah. in the air set pieces he's got ability yeah. and they'll, they'll want to feed him and test that um, Rangers defence and what about that point that he's given just something else he's given to the media today that um, your teammates kind of tell the manager not tell but the manager listens to them saying hey young Alex Lowry he's amazing you know, he's worth playing. Has that been your experience? Yeah, who would you listen to? So you would listen to Tavernier, you'd listen to yep. Goldson, guys that have been through it all uh, before. And, uh, you know, I can remember Roy Aiken bigging up some young lads that were coming into the team, Alec Mathy, Mark McNally, Brian McLaughlin, uh, guys like that, you know, give them, a, give them a chance, give them an opportunity. And uh, it, that's all you can hope for as a young player, but as Stephen will tell you, you've just got to, Take it. You've got to, you've got to make sure you don't let anyone down. You don't want your teammates thinking he can't handle it. Training's competitive, and quite often in training, you maybe have two teams of nine, three teams of seven, mm -hmm. all these tight games where it's man for man, and it can it could be a Stephen Davis, you know, someone saying that's Alex. He's ran off you again. That's your man. I mean, those kind of shouts. If that's, I know, it doesn't need necessarily just mean young players you know those players in, in each team and teams I've played with in the past that you just know drop the odd runner or, and at and it, senior level it'll cost you How tough was training I'll come back to your score lines in a moment how tough was training last week at minus five minus seven I know your game went off then with Alaba but what was it like? Uh, actually it's been worse this week Why? <laughs> I don't know if how? minus five minus six but the sun was out and yeah it was a really kind of fresh air, but there was no wind, no rain. Yep. You were just out. And once what you are you got, training on? Uh, Astro, Astro, the Astro. Falkirk surface. Mm -hmm. um, but this week it's been equally, I mean, it's one degrees, two degrees, mm. blowing a gale, uh, rain in your face, wet, you're soaking wet by the time you get in, you're just wanting into the shower. Uh, it's actually been tougher this week somehow. Mm. And does it take you back? Yeah. Well, I, I can well, Barfield, yeah, but those training games that Stephen's talking about, I thought they were an eye-opener for me and I, I always felt as though I had to raise my game when I went from Motherwell to Celtic because the training was so competitive and what I said earlier about you don't want you don't want Roy Aitken, Tommy Burns, uh, Paul McStay thinking, can he hack it? I don't want to be in his team. <laughs> you know, you want, you want to contribute. So yeah. you... My level of performance had to to go up a bit just to compete at training, and that would help you. In a they paid day. a lot of money for you. They did at the time. They did. Yeah. Uh, the time it was uh, what was it, three hundred and fifty grand, something like that. But you, I, I think when you go into that environment where you're playing against established international mm -hmm. players and some of them, you know, heroes of mine, you just you just don't want to think you're a bad player. Sometimes the teams can get picked, and you've maybe got two or three in the one team. You think. Pfft. Manager's done me here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can't. You might be playing for something. The losing team has to do something. You think I've been done here. Um, so that's what I mean. You you don't want and and you're on that guy. You're saying, Paul, mm -hmm. that's your man. Don't let him run off you and yep. score. Mm -hmm. Young Paul's been on. 
his birthday today, Paul Cooney. Yep. He wants to ask you both, who was a great um, mentor to you at Motherwell? Who, who were the older players that looked at you or the managers that said something special in Andy Walker? Well, I know he's, he's, reg- he's regarded uh, in a lot of places as a, as a great laugh. Uh, just now, John Gagan. Yeah, but John Gagan <laughs> was a senior player when I went to Motherwell and I loved his attitude at training and I copied his attitude because he gave absolutely everything in training and I thought, I'm going to do that and maybe that'll, that'll help me become a better player. Mm. And it did. And no one was more pleased for me when I got into the team than uh, John Gagan. So he was a... Wow, yeah. And he, he has this great laugh uh, about himself, know, about the amount of appearances that he had as a sub. And you know why he always get into Tommy McLean asking why he, he was playing for the second yep. team. And Tommy would say him, because you're, you're too good for the third team. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen McGinn, who was good to you then as a young player in the way that you are with... Uh, Ethan Erehon. So, who was good with you? Um, well, I w- I always say this. I-, I didn't come through the those big academy, the Man City academy. When you look at some with some of the players, but I always Andy Millen was a player assistant manager at the time, and I always say that I was blessed to be. I, I was treated. He treated me like a senior player when I was seventeen. He taught me everything about how to be a good senior player. Of respect, everything you could ever want from discipline, how hard into everything. Anyways. I think Andy knows him pretty well. Mm. He's so straight down the line. There's no... I mean, if you cut one corner with Andy, that was you. You were great, done. Great professional. And of course, I go as far back as to my days with Easter Craigs, where I was trying to get noticed. And Andy Millen was... I would regard him as my minder when we played for Easter Craigs because that was a... Yeah. It was a hardy game. A very competitive, amateur level. And Andy was absolutely brilliant. I went to Bailiston. He went to... He went to Pollock. And then, of course, he had a great career with Kilmarnock and and uh, Hibs and all the rest of it. Yeah. Tommy Burns tried to sign him for Celtic. Did he? Yeah. And it was uh, Alec Totten who didn't let him go. And he's never forgiven he's him. never forgiven <laughs> him. Is he and, not? And actually, yeah. uh, instead yeah. of Andy Millen, uh, Tom Burns went out and got John Hughes. Wow, of course. And yeah. John Hughes was... Yogi. Well, I think yep. he was a successful Indeed. player. So, Rangers against Ross County tomorrow night, Stephen. What do you think is your scoreline? Um... 2-0, I think Rangers will learn from the last couple of games and they'll tighten up and I think 2-0. Andy, what do you reckon? I think Rangers will win again. I think they're on a high. It's interesting that they're uh, already committed to making mm. five changes. So I'm really interested to see the, the starting 11. I think Ross County might score, but I can see Rangers getting all three points. Again. And we did the other ones earlier, apart from Celtic, and we didn't do Dundee United. Hearts, who do you fancy? I fancy the Hearts. The Hearts, the Hearts yeah. are uh, good now that they've got their squad back to uh, full form. I think they'll win at Tannadice. Lauren Shankland on form, Liam Boyce fit again. What do you think? Steve? Yeah, I can't disagree. Hearts, yep. he's uh, going to be there. I think they'll get motoring. And then 12.30 on Saturday, Celtic against St. Johnson. Stephen, what do you reckon? Yeah, I think 3 0 to Celtic. 3 0 for Celtic. Well, again, yeah. interesting to see the lineup because Ange Postecoglou yeah. has hinted at uh, a number of changes. So, uh, again, just in the build up to the, the game against Rangers at New Year, always interesting to see who's in pole position to start. He wants more from, yeah. well, yeah, he yeah. wants more goals. But like I said, we still need you know, a big better in the box, you know, because they're, they're really good quality opportunities. And as you said, it's not easy when, when oppositions are camped in there to, to find that space, but we do. And then we don't have people getting in on the end of it. And, and like I said, some of it's just the, 
you know, people working hard to get in those areas. We've been very good in that department for a long time, but you know, I think players have sort of got away from that a little bit and we've just got to re-emphasise how important it is. Thanks, Andy and Stephen. Back tomorrow night at five. Barry Ferguson, Mark Weedy. The news is next and then Jokal Day. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota is open now at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.